welcome, folks, to another edition of Desperately Seeking Entertainment. I am Chris Peterson. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, Chris? What's up, people around the world? I'm Ben Frawley, but people have been known to call me the Martian Manhunter, so I just want to put that out there. <laughs> you you spend ready. your nights highlighting as uh, Diane Lane at night? Is that? <laughs> I, am, I am ready to rock. I put in the work for this podcast. <laughs> Listen, folks. Okay, I went on this rant, right? I think Chris, last podcast, we went. On, you, you, you brought a story up where someone was an Oscar reviewer and he didn't politically agree with the movie, so he said, "I'm not watching it." Yes. Yep. I did not politically agree with the movie I freaking watched this week, and I still slugged through every single <laughs> minute, and I even fast forwarded through the end credits to see if there was something. My God. <laughs> My God. Well, let's get right into it. So, folks, real quick, if you've never listened to this podcast before, what Ben and I like to do is bring some interesting tidbits, some stories, some news uh, from the entertainment world to this pod, uh, except I have no idea what Ben has on his mind, and he's got no idea what I have up my sleeve. So everything you're hearing is unplanned, nothing scripted, completely genuine conversation. But let's get right into it. Ben, you are referring to, of course, as uh, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. And that came out on HBO Max uh, last week or a week and a half ago. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, it took me four days to get through this movie. Um, <laughs> I started it. I kept I kept doing like like you know forty five minute to an hour intervals, and I had to stop. It's like I had to come back, I had to come up out of the water to take a breath because um, yeah, it went from a bad it went from a bad movie. To a slightly less bad movie, but Whoa, I'm interested. Hot take. Look at you. Hot take. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. All right. Well, there's a lot to dig into. Okay, so it didn't take me four days. I did it all in one day. Oh, me geez. and that beautiful woman upstairs. Just God bless her heart. She sat there through this thing, and luckily, you know, Chris. I don't know if I, people around the internet don't know my Facebook and stuff, but I've been getting into the Weber Grill. You notice that, Chris? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I love it. Love if you got an afternoon to kill, do some ribs. So these ribs took <laughs> the ribs I put on the Weber. How long do they take, Chris? Four um, and a half hours. Four and a half geez. hours. <laughs> and it just so happens the Snyder Cut is four and a half hours long. So I planned my weekend just perfectly. <laughs> uh, so I don't know, Chris. Just uh, all right. Let's just put it out there. I didn't like this movie when it came out the first time. Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I haven't liked any. The best movie in my mind in the DC universe is the first Wonder Woman. Yep. But I just watched that this year. Like Katie was like, oh, you got to check that out. I was like, that's a solid movie. And then, of course, we had our reviews of Wonder Woman 1984 and the travesty <laughs> that was. Ugh. And then Batman v Superman. Um, Man of Steel before Man that. Man of Steel. Uh... Uh, no. I just no, I Aquaman no no I don't. I, I completely I, forgot there was an Aquaman movie. I was like, I, I said to myself, I was like, oh, I wonder when the Aquaman movie's coming out. And Nicole, my wife, was like, it already came out two, three years ago. I was like, oh, had no idea, completely forgot. I mean, that one was probably a close second to Wonder Woman. The no, not even a close second, but it, uh, all right, all right, let's just get into the review of this movie. I have all right, but first off the bat. I went in with extremely low expectations. Yes. I didn't like this yep. movie at all. I know the beats. I know how it's going to end. They're like, oh, this different ending. But it's like, yeah. Okay. We're just going to get into it, Chris. Okay. 2021, I feel like, is going to be the year of 
the movies that start really good, like the first 20 minutes are good, and then they just fizzle or they just get crazy and they just drown into madness. So the first yeah. 20 minutes of this movie, I was in. Just like the first 20 of Coming to America too. I was like, all right. I, low expectations, but this is a pretty funny movie. And then it just kind of just goes and goes and goes. And these these movies, here's my overall take. We're going to get into parts of this movie that I found very problematic, extremely unwatchable. And, like, I've, I've listened to reviewers. I've read their reviews. And, yeah, it's pretty good. It, it approved upon. But screw them if they ever believe they're ever going to watch this movie ever again. <laughs> no one's ever going to watch this movie ever again. It came out five years ago, and they're not going to watch this one. And they're especially not going to watch the black and white version coming out on the side of the pretentiousness highway, which is the Snyder Cut. Unbelievable. Oh, we're going to release in black and white next. Ridiculous, Chris. So, all right, Chris, what was your biggest problem with this movie? It had no direction. It had okay. no, like, and I didn't care about anybody in the movie. And so this is, this is, and I, I, I turned to Nicole because spoiler, and we're going to spoil, I mean, we're going to spoil, spoil everything this about this one. movie. Yeah. And we, if you haven't we seen it, this, we watched this for you. So exactly. <laughs> so we did you a favor. Yeah. Um, so there are characters in this movie that perish. They're uh, cyborg's dad played by the incomparable Joe Morton, um, who seems to die by the way, at the hands of robots and never see what he's in. But which was great, a great shout out and freaking awesome. I mean, he was probably one of the best parts of the movie, actually. Best part of the movie. Yeah. But when he dies, I don't care. Like there's no gravitas. There's no like the way oh. he dies was so goofy. Like, <laughs> could you imagine, like Chris? Like, all right, could you imagine this? All right. Flat, go back to like beginning of 2020, right? And then it's like I roll up to your house and you're like, Ben Frawley's here in my house. What the hell? And I roll up, hey, Chris, there's this pandemic coming, but I'm going to save everyone. And you're like, pandemic? What does that mean? And then I just shoot a laser beam into my face and I explode. <laughs> You'd be like, that was weird. Did that really happen? But at but least then, he told me if the pandemic was on the way. That was his great sacrifice. It was so goofy. We couldn't just put like a homing tracker on this mother box. No, he had to shoot a laser into his face to make it happen. So, so right. So, so stupid. And... <laughs> You compare this to like, and this is why Marvel is such, you know, geniuses. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were already good to begin with and DC just makes them look like, you know, un, you know, uh, fathomable geniuses. Um, in the beginning of Endgame or Infinity War, when um, Thanos kills Idris Elba's character from Thor, oh. Oh. you're crushed. You're, you're like, crushed. no, that guy, no. And like, even like in the first Avengers movie that came out when Agent Coulson dies oh, oh, oh heartbreaking heartbreaking <laughs> it's like like we care about those characters and I, I i remarked to nicole i was like you know we're watching it and there's moments where like the justice league is like charging together and they're in a line uh, there's a re i weep openly every single time i watch the portal scene in endgame oh, every time yeah, on i can't watch it i can't watch it i don't want to go to that when, place <laughs> when sam when sam says on your left i'm i'm a puddle oh, of tears just, just saying those words, I get chills. Even right? when they, even watching the new movie, I'm waiting for that moment or the new show. I'm waiting for that moment to come, and it's just, right. I get chills just thinking about it. But with Justice League, with all these properties, I've never once cared about any of these. Like they could have killed Batman in this movie, and I would have been like, eh, I guess he had to go. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like I don't, 
I don't care about any of And like, you know, we remark about how stupid, like the whole save Martha thing was in yeah. the beginning. Well, you know, so Superman's brought back to life very easily, by the way, like barely yeah. an inconvenience, by the way, <laughs> to bring back Superman. And, um, he see just by like fighting like all these other people like doesn't give him any memory whatsoever like oh it's Batman oh it's Wonder Woman but then he sees Lois and it screws with his head and then like she, he takes her like back to Kansas I guess and he's standing in the house don't try to think of it don't and don't. then he's like ah I'm home like this is yeah. home I'm I'm from here I was like this is the dumbest I, I hate everything about this and these are some all of right. my favorite characters. In all in, in the world, right. and I hate everything about it. Yeah, I, I had my own question. So not even the good guys' intentions and motivations. So you know, let's break this down to theater a theater major to a theater major. Let's yes. just break this down. So you know, a character's motivation is always important, right? Because I could be a Nazi douchebag in Antigone, right, Chris? But mm-hmm. I got a job to do. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is my job. Like that's my boss. I should be scared of my boss. Got it. Boom. Got it. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Uh, uh, and everything that flows out of me, like even if it's live in performance or anything, it'll be natural because I get my motivation. I'm scared of this boss. You can get me killed. And I need to treat this woman like awful. I might be a bad guy in the audience's mind, but in my mind, I just got a job. I got I got to do my job. Got it. So not only did I un- not understand the good guy's intentions. So, Chris, let me tell you. Let's talk about Dark Side. So um, <laughs> what was spe- – speaking of Marvel, what was his endgame? What – all right, first of all, okay, first of all, okay. anti life. I mean, right? It's what he wants. All right, first of all, I don't even don't know, know what that, that is. is. We don't know what that is. <laughs> Second of all, okay, Chris, I'm going to ask you this question, very, and I need an answer from you. I need Please. an answer because my answer is going to be different than yours. What's a mother box? <laughs> you go ahead. Go ahead first, and then I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll shoot the shit about what I think it is. It's. It's a oh God. I don't even. It's a box of of some sort of energy, and that's right. all I got. That's all I got out of it. And I I remarked to my wife as we we're watching this. I was like, "Can they just explain this like Infinity Stones? Like one controls time, one controls reality. Right, right. Like, that makes sense to me. <laughs> it's like the. I also didn't understand like how like Steppenwolf's thing was like. I can smell the mother box on you. Like that was weird. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it has a sense. I, I, I don't know. I actually, it, it sounded skeevy. It sounded, sounded very like, skeevy. I'm gonna press charges on you. Like if you came up to a woman, you're like, yeah, I smell something. You'd be like, smell- all right, me too. It's me too time. Get away from me. I, I smell a mother box on you. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you say to me? me? Excuse me, sir, officer. <laughs> um, I didn't understand, like the the constant, uh, you know. Uh, DC Zoom call to the assistant to the regional manager, uh, that guy, uh, uh, whose whose name was somewhat like Darkseid, but wasn't. It was like Desad, Desad. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? Um, like, why I we kept like seeing the him? Assistant manager. He's the, assi- he's the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> Sir, do you want me to stack these mother boxes <laughs> over here? I'll have this employee fired tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I didn't understand the redesign of the Steppenwolf character. I was like, okay, that's a million dollars that you know for some reason like let's make him spikier and let's play around with his voice a little bit they spent 70 million on this thing Ben. 70 million dollars to make it to go from an f movie to like a d plus and it's like i i just i i sat there in awe of like 
just how bad this thing was, how bad it was constructed. I got angry because I was like, it didn't have to be this way. You know, there's nothing wrong with copying the Marvel formula. Yeah. And had they done it, it could have been the most brilliant thing we've ever seen. Um, yeah. But it just, it just felt bad. I will say the only thing that was, I think, improved by the Snyder Cut was the involvement of Cyborg's arc in a way. Cyborg's like he, arc and the Flash's backstory was bigger. That was yep. good. Yep. yep, I like I was, and it kind of got me like if you know with a Flash movie coming out, I'm kind of like, all right, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um, well, let's but, let's let's talk about that. Like, I mean, yeah. the o- the only I'm gonna say the only good part of this movie, and thank God for this actor and the character is the Flash. Yeah, without the Flash and his levity in this movie, I mean, it's all these people being self-important. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's Zack Snyder being self-important. And goofy. I mean, without yep. him rolling up and just saying like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Oh, there's the pretty lady with the sword. It's like, thank God, someone's making jokes and and just mm-hmm. being awesome. You know what I mean? Like, without him, it is just such a brutally serious movie. And as our friend Jim Niedermeyer put, like, Chris, here's my here's my next question: Who is this movie made for? Because <laughs> are you gonna show, you're gonna show Sammy this movie? Absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. I'm gonna spare him five seconds. I'm gonna spare him. Like if it was even like half as like if it went like the opposite like way of like camp and goofiness of like the Batman Forever and Batman mm-hmm. and Robins, I could at least show my son that at right. this age and he'd probably get a kick out of it. But like there's nothing about these movies that is fun. And you know, it's it's one of those things where if if DC just had any direction and you know understood where their strengths were, it could it could they could churn out a pretty good extended universe, but the whole thing is just a mess right now. And yes. this movie didn't do anything to help it. And that Joker scene at, at the end was atrocious. Oh. Well, we're not even there yet. We're, we're, we're not even there. I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, all right. So, so no motivation for the bad guys. Nope. No explanation. There were so many things that they would say that were just, it, the writing is so poor. Yeah. And, um, all right. Speaking of the Joker scene, let's let's get to the Joker scene and everything. The problem with the whole movie is, um, oh, what, what what do you call that when you go onto a website and uh, clickbait, clickbait? I feel <laughs> yep. like the whole movie is clickbait. So imagine if, like, you know, when you're scrolling down a website and off to the side, it's like you want a a brand new Jeep Cherokee. Click here, right? You're like Jeep Cherokee. I'm going to click that, and then it just gets you, oh, contact a dealer. You're like, man, I don't want to buy a new car. This sucks. Clickbait, right? This mm-hmm. movie has tons of clickbait, just like that Joker scene, just like um, Lois and Clark meeting his mom, touching the grass like in the movie Gladiator. All these things are going on to get you to watch it. Like, like I remember like seeing a clip of Batman in the desert scene, clip, seeing a clip of Joker, like this is part of this is a Snyder cut. This is like two years ago. And I remember yeah. all these like moments. And you're like, oh wow, Jared Leto was Joker in this. You're like, what the hell? But the scene is so pointless. The whole movie is every single thing in this movie is to expand the universe, make other movies, and clickbait to like. Yep. And so when you actually get to the scene where it's like, oh my god, wait, I can't wait to get to the part where Joker and Batman match up. This is gonna be a crazy movie. But then that's just a dream sequence. It doesn't mean anything. It, it means mm-hmm. literally nothing. And you, I don't even know how, if let's say like this movie caught wildfire and we got to that part where Joker and the 
and Batman were on the highway, if that would actually work. It, I don't even know how we'd even get there. It didn't make any sense whatsoever. Nope. Uh, nothing. And so nope. I feel like this every moment in this movie, that, and that was the most infuriating thing, is clickbait or trying to expand the universe. There was never a moment where we all just sat down and talked to each other, where we just sat down and developed the characters we've already built. Like, listen, probably the best part of the movie was like some backstory on Cyborg, a backstory on The Flash, all these little things. But the rest of the movie is just this trailer clickbait. It was terrible, Chris. Yeah, it was like Snyder was a parody of himself in this movie. Yes. And we've seen it. I've seen kind of his career and his quality of, of work really just steadily declining since basically 300. And... You know, three hundred. Even if like now going back to three hundred, like that feels like an anomaly. It's like that yeah. should that that should not have worked as well as it did, um, and yet it just kind of came out the right place, at the right time. And you know, with this movie, it's like you know, you go t- you know ten minutes, and then it's like it feels like Snyder forgot. Like, oh, I, I guess I should put another slow motion sequence here. Um, <laughs> like, and you know, I saw a video which called out like some really smart things about this movie, like how. Um, a lot of the slow motion of like simply Lois, you know, putting a cup of coffee on a, a, a the ground or something like that was the same speed that the flash would run in slow motion. So there wasn't any like difference with how they would do these, these, some of these sequences in terms of slow motion. And it just was like, it just became a parody. Like in, in the third hour, I almost oh. could say like, you know, it's almost a drinking game. Like as soon as you get ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous slow motion sequence, like take a shot. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd be dead. You'd be dead of alcohol poisoning at the end. <laughs> and it just, it just, it, the whole movie just reeks of ego. It reeks of pretentiousness. It reeks of um, trying to salvage something where, to be quite honest, when you look at it, at both those films now, you're like, I, they're both bad and terrible for different reasons. But and I don't, I honestly don't know which one is better. <laughs> like, it's I know. it's weird. It's yeah, weird. it is very weird. And for me, you know, ultimately at the end of it, I think the movie was a cash grab. Yeah, a twenty twenty cash grab. Yeah. Now, HBO, HBO Max, they made their money. Oh they, yeah. If if we're just on HBO, if I'm like if it's you and me, Chris, which HBO Max, if you're listening. It's time to hire me and Chris, <laughs> executive <laughs> producers or whatever you got, um, because we know that we know the industry. OK, guys, we know the ins and outs. We know where we're going. Um, if I'm on that board, I am green lighting this project so hard and I'm going viral with every interview with Zack Snyder and every I'm going to get every troll on the Internet to like pump this. Up. I'm going to pay trolls on the Internet to be like. They should release Zack Snyder, Ben Affleck's the man, like uh, Ben Affleck's bombing phantoms, whatever. I'm going to get them on there and then I'm going to pump this up. And um, was the story the first weekend that like HBO Max crashed because people were watching this so much or something like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. So they won. HBO Max is the winners in this. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see if like Zack Snyder's in the, win- the winner in this one too, um, because he's trying to start a buzz with. Oh, well, um, you know, if this succeeded in 2015 or wherever it was, uh, I had two other Justice League movies, and this is how it played out. And they, he's been releasing, like, the storyboards for them and all these little things. And No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares. 
HBO used and abused you. Like, I mean, he looks better because of this. So I'm not going to say used and abused. I, I just think he, HBO came a winner. And maybe Zack Snyder came out second place or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's um, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like I don't even want to recommend it to people to watch to see for themselves how bad it is. Like it's four hours long. Like like spend time with your kids. Like go, <laughs> yeah. go out to dinner. Go be a father. Go be a father. Go go and go for a nice hike. Like, no, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like time is valuable. Hike don't, is really good. I like that. That's good. Like, like there's no need to spend what essentially is uh, a fourth or a fifth of your day watching a, a terrible movie just to confirm that it's terrible. And at least, at least I got ribs at the end of the four. It, I was about to say, at least you got ribs. You saw those ribs too. They were good. I did, right? yeah, they're they're dope. Good. They were dope. So, yeah. Needless to say this, I mean, you know, it's not, this is not necessarily the, um, you know, throwing the dirt on the grave of, of this, you know, mangled universe because there's more properties coming out. But um, let's let's hope that there's just some direction, you know, and then. Yeah. You know what, you know? Like Chris, I'm always the one that's like, we shouldn't reboot things. We shouldn't remake. I think it's time for a reboot and a remake. Yeah. Like, I, I just like who knew that when John Favreau and Robert Downey were like, you know what, this Iron Man one, we're going to make it kind of like an improv movie. It's going to be like swingers. But it's going to be like Iron Man. And like yep. everyone's like, dude, $200 million swingers. This is going to be nuts. And it's such a watchable movie. You know, as I told the pod, we went through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man 1, 2, and 3 hold up like beasts. You know, they hold up so well mm-hmm. 10 years later. And then that's what propels, like, I mean, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. Like That's what propels those things because you're like, they're doing the same shtick. They have these funny one-liners with great action. It's fun. Like you can watch it with a seven-year-old. You can watch it with adults. It's so much fun. And this movie is a schlog, dude. Yeah. Um, to end this up, Chris. To end this, let's, let's let's just because <laughs> I'm done. Four and a half hours of my life, and now five talking about it are, are, is done. Um, Chris, you know how we've been stuck in Zors. We've been stuck in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Watching old stuff, rewatching our old stuff. I know you're a big Lord of the Rings fan, of course. Of course. Um, what's something that is four and a half hours, five hours long, either movie or TV, that you would recommend over this? Like an epic movie or an epic show? Like what's something that you would say, all right, I, I know it's new. Don't waste your time, but check out this thing. I don't care how old it is. It could be Intolerance by D.W. Griffith. But what's your recommendation for something this long? What what would you recommend to someone? I you know what? I'm gonna recommend on the same streaming network, HBO Max, mm-hmm. go back and watch, I think it's season I want to say it's either season 15 or 16 of South Park. It is it is the greatest, it is one of, if not the greatest comedic seasons of any television show of all time. It's it's right up there. Um it's the Any one highlights? where what's yeah what's what's well it's one? the it's the one where they just where PC principal comes in and they're trying to become uh, all PC oh, yeah. and then they have to deal with like there's a gentrification episode with um you know all these like Whole Foods coming in and building these residences around Kenny's house it is oh it's yeah is that the one where it's uh uh, uh city sushi yes yes yep. okay oh I watched a, a bunch on that season yeah that's a good season it is every episode 
it's one of those like it just outdoes itself with every single episode it is perfection um and um you know we talk about great seasons of tv like you know season three of the wire for instance mm-hmm. is one of the best mm-hmm. of all time oh um, three I, I, I like four I like oh four. Well, four is a good one too yeah i mean you know that's just a great show but that's um, a great show um but yeah like if you if i mean if you want to just sit down and watch because i think it's only like 10 episodes so that's mm-hmm. uh, like but uh four yeah it's like four and a half hours almost so yeah um watch it because it, it's 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 awesome it, it's just they level up every single episode so yeah yeah it's, it's it's either season 15 or 16 of south park seriously uh for me it's anything like literally anything <laughs> I mean, Good, Bad, and the Ugly is, I mean, it's not even close to this. I think Good, Bad, and the Ugly is like two hours and 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Not even close. And that's, that's a movie slow. It's a, it's a slow movie. It really hasn't aged well in a couple areas just because it's slow pace and stuff. But the cinematography, the music, it's just, it just perfection of yeah. filmmaking. Watch that one. Watch, watch uh, freaking Gone with the Wind. I know, listen, I know we're in a... You know, uh, cancel culture kind of thing going on, but gone with the wind. Gone, yeah. come on, it's gone with the freaking it's gone wind, wind. Dude. It's watch gone Gettysburg. with the wind. Watch Gettysburg. Watch oh, Gettysburg. How about Gettysburg. Gettysburg? Oh, wait, you know what? That's four and a half hours. Done, Chris, you know what I should have done, Chris? I should have done some monologue in this weekend and watched uh, Gods and Generals. I haven't seen oh, that one yet. Oh. <laughs> mm, oh. I remember my daddy. I remember my daddy across. He laid me across his lap, or what? I don't know anything. Oh, every di- every piece of dialogue's a letter. It's all it's all based on letters. Dear Martha, I miss you. I'm at the front. It's been four years since I've embraced your presence. It's <laughs> the best. It's awesome. Yeah, anything, anything, anything would be better. Yeah, anything. So just go out. I like you know what, Chris. I like the suggestion. Go out, go for a hike with your for loved ones. Hike. It's getting warm out there. It's gonna be yeah. beautiful. Go frisbee golfing. Get active. Like, yeah. tell someone you love them. Like, any <laughs> any interaction. That could take two seconds, but it's it take, but it's more fulfilling and rewarding. I was questioning everything about my life and its choices at the end of yeah. in hour three. I was like, Jesus. Like the ribs smell great, but my God, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like. Uh, try new foods like go to a restaurant like go to go to the, the supermarket and buy tapas or something i don't know like just nice. yeah just sushi try weird sushi never try tried. weird sushi yeah it's like mindfulness uh, stuff i always say chris you know it's not mindful is an hour two and a half where you're just sitting there going you know how pretentious it is we're referring to this movie as the snyder cut it's so they like got us. You know that, Chris, right? Every time, every single reviewer I listen to, every podcast, they're like, "Well, we watched the Snyder Cut, and we just did it today." They got us, dude. That's a marketing scheme. That's just. You know what I felt like? Do you know how angry I was? I felt like I was watching like the 2016 election all over again, and like knowing that the people I don't like won, and. Oh. I feel like that's what happened with the Snyder Cut. Like the people that I don't like that were clamoring to get this thing released won and felt some form of satisfaction. And I haven't seen a single one of them be like, uh, didn't live up to my hopes, but like, you know, they're all oh, like, they're oh all my on God. Board. They're all pushing like every. It's the Godfather to them. It's it's, yeah. it's on par with the Godfather. And uh, I just, I can't stand these people. So. All right. All right. Wait. All right. I got a couple more points. All right. You just. <laughs> <laughs> all right. we. I mean, what are we doing today? We're talking about this freaking movie. Okay. Couple more points. Yes, it's ridiculous, and it's almost like 
they've picked, they've chosen a side and they got to stick with it. It's ridiculous, right? Yep. That's one. But two, let's talk about the runtime. All right. When you have a runtime this long, longer than Gone with the Wind, longer than Gettysburg, which covers almost, I don't know how many days of war that is. That's like six days of war. It's like crazy. Mm-hmm. And like in meticulously, you know what I mean? Even the longest day, that movie is the storming of Normandy. I think it's two and a half hours. It ain't no thing. I can watch right. I can watch the longest day. I can watch that. It's great. Um, but you have like a cast of like a thousand in that movie. It's great. Um, I think the reason why he got away with this four and a half hour runtime, there's no way. And I, sorry, I keep saying the wrong uh, year. Is it 2015, 2017 when this came out? Is it 2017 or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, around there. So in that t- in that year, it's not a pandemic year. It doesn't matter. So we're going to the movies. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to see things. I think now we are so used to the pandemic. Like, oh, my God, I just need content. I just need to know what's going to happen. I need to know the next scene, no, next episode. I think they got us. They were like, oh, the Snyder Cut's four and a half hours. Like, four and a half hours? I'm still stuck indoors. I got nothing to do. I can't leave my house. They got us, dude. And I feel like this binge mode TV culture makes us – we have to see how things end, even if they're bad or good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And And so, like, listen, there's plenty of movies that are an hour and a half. Hour 20, The Warriors is an hour 20. It's a great movie. Check out mm-hmm. The Warriors. And it's one of my favorite movies of all time. One of Deacon's favorite movies of all time. Check out the freaking Warriors. It's freaking awesome. But movies don't have to be four and a half hours to get to a point. The Warriors at four and a half hours would be so boring. But since it's an hour 21, it's great. And Chris, I think just longer is not better. That's my point. That's that's my point, dude. Right. Yeah, right. dude. All right, get me out of here. Uh, get me yeah, out of here. We gotta get out of here. <laughs> it's, oh. Well... Let's talk about um, a, a trailer that's connected to this universe right. in a way, I guess, that came out oh. that I guess surprised a lot of people because it actually doesn't look half bad. And I'm talking about the brand new Suicide Squad movie that came out, uh, okay. which is being helmed by James Gunn. Practically all new cast, except for a couple uh, holdovers from the last version. Um, but tonally, it's it looks it's a James Gunn movie. It, it, yep. it, ben, have you seen the trailer? Yeah, of course. Of course. It it's this is this is James Gunn, you know, with all of his powers, restoring balance to <laughs> this DC universe. I have a feeling this movie is going to be fantastic, legitimately fantastic, and it is going to screw up DC's plans for well, I shouldn't say plans, quote unquote plans. Um, altogether because i think i I think this movie is just going to set a completely new tone but i just want to get your thoughts on the the new suicide squad uh movie and what you think about it i'm not sold on it bro no no i wasn't sold on birds of prey i'm not sold on this one i'm 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 kind of nervous okay even with the james gunn i i listen i love me some james gunn dude i love tromeo and juliet you've watched that with me a couple times (laughs) so i i (laughs) but i mean I feel like there is no writing this ship. Maybe if this was a complete reboot, but they're carrying over for me, they're they're carrying over too much from that old universe. I think they should have wiped the slate clean. Mm, okay. All right. Yep. 
Interesting. Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, there, there is definitely, you know, I definitely laughed out loud, you know, during the, the trailer, uh, so to speak. And I like the additions of, you know, the cast members that they didn't, they brought in. Like, I like, I mean, any, you know, Michael Rooker and James Gunn just go together like peanut butter and jelly, like whatever uh, they're, yeah. whatever they're doing together. Like I am fine with a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, it, it's intriguing. You know, if if you told me that DC's lane now is doing the R-rated comic book stuff, okay. If that's you right. know what, if that's right. where, if that's what you want to go, great. Now okay. you've yes. now you've distinguished yourself different from Marvel, right? So, well, no, and and I feel like it should be all R. Like if you're, but Marvel already has them on that. They already have Deadpool. Mm-hmm. They already have Deadpool, and Disney already said next event Deadpool is going to be R. Don't worry about it. Like they've already they've already confirmed that, and Ryan Reynolds said it's got to be R guys. It it has to be. We, we can tone down some things, but it has. You have to let me swear. It's it's ridiculous if you don't. And they said yes. They've already confirmed that. So I feel like they even have them in that corner of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know, Chris. And then James Gunn signing back on for Guardians three, right away. Mm-hmm. I hate to just I'm I'm disagreeing with you, Chris. Wow, disagreeing with you, bro. Hot takes. I love it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's coming out. It's coming out later this year. So we'll see. Um, it is coming out. Well, but we got some Marvel properties coming out. Got some Marvel properties. So what else you got, my friend? All right, you ready? Let's do it. All right. I thought this was going to be all Justice League. Thank God you got me out of there. Okay. Um, because can we talk about good movies? Let's please. Let's talk about some good 2021 movies. Mm, okay. Um, Chris, me and the lady, uh, me and my special lady friend, we went. My special lady friend and I, sorry, proper English, uh, we went to the movies for the first time in a over a year. Wow. Now, up here in central New York, it's different than Connecticut. We have, I think, uh, we have a bunch of land, but there's maybe like two of us in this county or something like that. It's me and Katie. And Deke, oh, three. Three of us. There's three of us in this county. Um, so we went to the movies. There was us and one other couple. We all had masks on. Other couple up at the end of the theater. We were down at the bottom. It's rock and roll. We saw the movie Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Let me just report on this movie. This movie will bring you... I am so glad I saw this in the theaters. (laughs) I am so glad I saw this. This is a theater movie. I haven't seen, like, a theater movie in a long time, probably since, like, one of the Marvel movies. You know what I mean? Like, a big, action-y, kind of, like, loud movie in your face. Both Katie and I turned to ourselves and said... I'm so glad we went to the movies to see this. It was nice. so great. Uh, Bob Odekirk, love him so much. Uh, we're big fans. I mean, Chris, if you just like text me randomly like in the next week and said, hey, bro, uh, podcast isn't working out. Can we make it a Mr. Show podcast? I'm all in. <laughs> let's just let's just change formats right now. Mr. I don't show think you watch. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there is one out there because I could tackle that thing. I know the whole cast. I know their whole names. Loved him since way back, since, I don't know, Simpsons and SNL with Conan and Conan O'Brien late. I, I don't care. Whatever you got for me, I know him. I know stuff about Bob Odekirk. But now he's in this Bob Odekirk, the sneaky resurgence. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. when you say his name, they're like, who? Oh, Ben, you know much. You know too much TV. You don't know. T-. And then you show him a picture. It's like, oh, Saul. Better call Saul. It's like, yeah, guy, you know this person. Get out of my face. <laughs> this guy... Chris, when you see this movie, dude, you are going to love him all over again. Nice. And to quote Mr. Show, 
love him, you're going to like him. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, dude, this movie is is totally in the vein of John Wick. I think it's from the producers of John Wick. Yep. Um, but it's different. And when you start the movie, you can see the kind of dynamics building up. You're like, oh, okay, John Wick clone coming up. But they turn it in so many directions. I don't even want to spoil things in this movie because you'll have so much fun. There's so many things I turned to Katie and we were both like, like during the movie, we're like, you think this is going to happen? The whole movie is very funny. It's very light, but extremely violent, extremely aggressive. Um, A big old action movie. Don't get me wrong. Just like in the style of John Wick or like a crazy Deadpool. More like a Deadpool. Like bloody, crazy violence. Now, this is not for the kids. This is not for anyone, but I could see actually my parents liking this one, my dad liking this one. Wow, this is like okay. one for your parents. So like if if you're if your old man if you're listening and your old man likes Charles Bronson movies or something like that, show him this movie. He'll love this movie. Oda Kirk is great. Everyone's great in this movie. I don't want to spoil who else is in the movie. Go into this movie with my recommendation. Don't look up anything. Um, Chris, do you know who else is in this movie? Well, I saw I, I saw like a, a photo um, yeah. of of Christopher Lloyd, right? Which is like holy shit, Christopher Lloyd's in a movie. This is awesome! Like, and sign he, me up. So and he is. It's probably one. I mean, it is his best performance in since wow. Back to the Future. Wow. I know, easily, not even close. I I don't like. I probably could like think about it and think about the movies he's done or the performances he's done. This is, it's not even close, bro. He is so great in this movie. And there's another cast member that's so great. Everyone's great in this movie. Um, it's a, a roller coaster. So just buckle up, enjoy the ride. It felt so good to go to the movies. We had buttered popcorn, Chris. It was so amazing. It's <laughs> as good. We're sitting there. I'm like, this experience is so amazing. I, I hope everyone, we get the vaccines, we get out there. So that is my story for the week, Chris. Um, but a follow-up to my review, um, Chris, are there any movies coming out that you can't wait to see in the theaters? Oh, gosh. I don't even know what's coming out in the theaters. Um, like, um, like, there's movies that are, like, half HBO, half in the theaters, like the Godzilla versus Kong. Right. We got that coming out this weekend. Yeah, um, um, Black Widow. Black Widow. Um, di- you know, um, what is it? Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Excited for that. Um, yeah, it's a... It's, uh, yeah, gosh, I don't even know. I, I'd have to really sit down and look at what's, you know, planning on coming out. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 ready to get back into the theater. Chris, maybe you got to take a ride up to Central New York. There was no one in this theater, dude. <laughs> I know Connecticut's just you know more populated than our state, so uh, that's probably what it is. I probably yeah, I just have to get up there. So yeah, I wouldn't yeah. be I would be sketched out going to a theater. <laughs> Oh, good stuff, man! No, I can't. Yeah, I can't wait to see nobody. That that looks. Oh, it looks nobody, fantastic. dude! It was. It's as good as you think. And like, you know, you're like, oh, here's Oda Kirk going from TV to movies. Do not be scared. It's so much fun. You'll. You will. His acting is on point. The action is on point. The direction is on point. It's everything that Justice League isn't. <laughs> there you go. Oh, dude. That's it. my full review, bro. I Good had to stuff, review that one. Good yeah. stuff. All right, so we're going to switch gears. We're going to go into a different um, form of entertainment, I guess. But we're going to go towards theater or kind mm-hmm. of theater. Um, mm-hmm. But we we had some 
some we might be getting into some uh, dangerous territory here, but uh, some interesting stories in the world of theater that came out in the past couple of weeks that, um, it, you know, it, it's interesting. We had a, a University of Utah um, earlier this month uh, was going to do a, a production of a musical review called Songs for a New World, which is done by a, a composer by the name of Jason Robert Brown. And two weeks before the show is set to open, they cancel the performance. The administrators cancel the performance because there are issues with uh, the representation within the cast uh, of certain cast members singing certain songs, I guess, or there was some issue where it's unclear what the exact issue was, oh. but the excuse What's that the we're hearing show? What's the name songs, of the show? Songs for New World. It's originally a quartet cast, so okay. typically four people, but this cast at the college had nine, I think. And right. um, I saw a picture of the cast. Is it, you know, 50-50 split between you know people of color and white people? No. To, you know, from everybody had a mask on, so I couldn't really tell. But right. from the looks of it, there was, you know, probably one or two in the okay. entire cast. Of it's people. Utah. So, you know, Utah, what are you do? <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's not right. New York city. Okay, and, right. okay. You know, it also, the cast also had other features of diversity that I like to see in a cast with, when it comes to body shapes, um, oh. gender, you know, right. things like that. Yeah. Like it had, it featured some, some nice diverse. So what I don't like, and this has happened before, this happened a couple of times where, you know, a theater will cast a show problems are brought up earlier in the process and the theaters and theater officials don't listen to those complaints until the last mm -hmm. second when it becomes a real issue. And then they just decide to go ahead and just cancel the production altogether. And there was another theater in Minnesota that did the same thing. They hired basically an all white production of Cinderella two years ago and then obviously COVID Oof. hit and they couldn't perform. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. And then they were about to open, you know, again um, with this production. And the director was like, you know what? Since, uh, since you know, we cast this show, um, you know, things have happened. So we need to be more diverse. I'm going to go ahead and just fire this cast and start all over again. And do it, and then they're not even going to do Cinderella anymore. They're just going to go and do a, a different show with a different cast. So, Essentially, he told all these actors, um, I'm firing you because of your skin color, because, which is, by the way, that is discrimination. That is a violation of, you know, every employment discrimination policy in both Minnesota and at the federal level. So uh, to quote to quote uh, Mr. Show, it's double reverse discrimination. <laughs> it's, it's bad. So weird. I don't like I. Don't get me wrong. This this blog, yes. I have been, you have been staunch right. advocates of inclusion. We want of things course. to change. Right. But at the same time, if you've already cast a show and it, you're in the process of rehearsing and you're two weeks from opening, own up to your mistake, perform the show, especially at a school where you're yeah. talking about giving students opportunities to perform. I mean, can you imagine them canceling? I'm going to you know pull this out of thin air because – People aren't going to know this, but you know, can you imagine them canceling, you know, Pippin or right. Hawk right. a week before opening because the cast was mostly white? 
And then, I, by the I, way, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine because uh, Chris, you all theater people listening to this know how much work go into putting a production on, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh. So that's what they did. The school is not replacing the show. So these students, some of whom are seniors, uh, basically just had the rug ripped out from beneath them because, uh, uh, you know, the theater department, you know, finally gave in and were like, you know, okay, we, I guess we really did mess up. Even though, by the way, when you look at the show itself, there's no race requirement within the the, the actual production. I mean, you could put right. anybody in this show and it would have been fine. Um, oh, so, so it's not like putting on like um, – uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh my God, like, like raisin in the sun with a white raisin in the sun. Right, right, right. right. So, no. so that wasn't even the issue. So it doesn't even matter. Like it's not even like race isn't even like a thing in the production. That's nope. You could just you could put four Asian people in right. the cast, all white cast, all white, all black cast. Uh, who cares? Who cares? And but yet there there was something, and no one's no one's come out and said exactly what the exact problem is. So I'm very interested to see what it might be. I'm sure it's probably a misunderstanding of the script, um, but uh, it's just terrible. So I feel terrible for the kids. Um, shame on University of Utah. Um, we need to be smarter than this. It, this, this, I, you know, and I, I made this comparison uh, in the actual article that I wrote where it feels like you've got this organization that's like, uh, we're going to do better from now on, but we're also going to delete all of our problematic social media postings. From the past. Right, right. You know, this feels uh, like revisionist history kind of stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what this feels like. I mean, listen, I don't want to pick on one state in particular, but Utah (laughs) is not the most diverse state that we have in in the uh, union. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Dan Smith, BYU. I mean, that's that's funny for a reason because (laughs) all kickers in the NFL come from BYU. Uh, It's just it's just, just what ridiculous. Yeah. Right, exactly. I don't know, Chris. It, here's the problem with the words that we say. <laughs> just putting it out there. As right. generally as I put it. Because anyone can take our discussion right now. Anyone that is politically charged and go, oh, you see? Even the theater majors believe cancel culture is getting out of control. First, they're canceling musicals. Then they're canceling Dr. Seuss. Blah, blah. I could see that, but then also on the other spectrum, you can see people saying, well, you don't agree with this because someone stood up to racism. It's so awful because in this world, Chris, I know you, you know me. I'm not racist. You're not racist. Right. You're not sexist. Yeah. I'm not sexist. We can, but in that regard, then we can talk about topics specifically about specific shows and specific events. We're not, we're not saying like, we're not trying to catch each other into arguments like, oh, Chris, you said this, therefore you believe. No, we're not trying to do that weird stuff. You know what I mean, Chris? Right, um, right. But bringing it back to theater. Sorry, that was a little rant. So bringing it back to theater, it kind of reminds me of. I don't want there to be rules in theater. If someone's a good actor. Listen, there's problems with the movie Scarface. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's problems with it, but my God. It and we, I think they had like a little reboot, Scarface reboot that came out a couple of years ago. Terrible, terrible movie. Like direct to video, terrible Scarface reboot because Al Pacino is Tony Montana. So, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry right. for the until I die, that movie is solidified in my head. He is Tony Montana. 
So where do we draw the line? Because Al Pacino isn't Cuban at all, but he's acting. So, Chris, where do we does this bring that up in your head? Like, where do we draw the line with these things? Because here are these kids. Right. So here are these kids that are seniors. They've been delayed for two years now because of COVID and this year. And now they're just canceling it. These guys have been on standby this whole time. They don't have two musicals to their name. Could you imagine going to New York City without two musicals under your belt from college? Right. That's ludicrous. That's uh, You'll be laughed out of any audition. Oh, you played uh, uh, you played in 42nd Street senior year of high school. What have you been doing? Uh, well, the pandemic hit. All right, next. <laughs> right. Yeah. The pandemic hit. And, oh, by the way, my college uh, canceled my musical because they tried to be woke. And, okay, uh, next. Next. <laughs> exactly. Next. There's some guy that's six foot four and blonde right behind you. Not six foot three guy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so Chris, I, I don't know, Chris. What are what are your thoughts on that? I mean, <sighs> I think the problem that we have right now, and this is, this goes back. It's 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 one of those things that I've been looking at for the past year of where's the root of the problem, and the root of the problem, especially in academic theater, is the fact that that literally like ninety percent of of faculty in these programs are white, and. The problem is, is that when you get this, this, this heightened awareness, these calls for action from, you know, people, students of color, the administrators have no perspective whatsoever on any of this because they don't, right. they haven't, they haven't walked those shoes. They haven't lived those lives. So they're, they're what they have to do in, so, so you've got black students, Asian students saying we need better representation of shows. You can't just like, if we're, if we're doing, if we're in an acting class, you need to stop assigning me roles specifically just written for black people uh, that are slaves or Asian people that are in service right. jobs. Right. Like, gi like give me, give me parts and scenes that have no race has no bearing whatsoever. But the default, the default race thought is that these characters have to be white. The or, problem or is, black slaves or, or exactly. yeah, like, right. So, like, or, yeah. yeah. Asian, uh, know, rickshaw pullers or whatever. Right. <laughs> like it's the most terrible thing of all time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So the problem is, is that you've got faculty, white faculty, that the best thing that they can do is they can sit down and attend like an hour long racial sensitivity training online. That's as far as they possibly can go in some of these cases. And the problem is there's two results. There's three results that happen yeah, from those trainings. Here Ready? we go. I got, here I got we a go. result in my head too, but go ahead. Either it doesn't impact them whatsoever and they think the entire thing is bullshit. That's right. one. Number two, they actually come out of it feeling enlightened and making conscious efforts okay. to do right. the right thing. Okay, yeah. great. I, I respect that. Cool. The third, and this is the worst one of all, this is the worst one of all, where they come out thinking that they, A, have been born again and are now completely over-the-top cautious on everything. Like, like, I expect some of these professors to attend this um, training and then come into the class next week wearing traditional Japanese garb and bowing to us and making sure that they're doing everything correct, like going way over the top with it. Or, or Afrocentric, like late right. 80s. They come, wearing, they come in wearing a daishiki. Da daishiki in the hat. Let's play hat. Uh, 
Like that's what happens. And I think that's what happens in Utah. I think this happens in a lot of other, these other schools where they, they are so over the top cautious on everything that it, it just, it's just, it sounds pretentious and ridiculous and all, and all of that stuff. And I hate it. And there's a balance. So I think what the problem that you have, I, I think the solution is when when these white faculty retire or move on, you've got to make a real conscious effort to diversify your faculty base. Now the Chris, other Chris, Chris, wait, hold on. I'm gonna cut you off. Like, when is that time gonna come? Listen, right. I loved all our faculty. I really, really did. Right. I love those guys. All, all four of them. Uh, yeah, like the big, you know, the big four. Right. Yeah. I loved all of them. And uh, and counting counting Joe Big Five, right from yep. Voice, right. Mm -hmm. um, listen, and we're coming from a college department that's the. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. Besides art, the most liberal <laughs> of them all, and the most diversified of them all. When we went to school, right. Yep. Yep. When, and maybe this speaks upon hiring practices in general because they've gone through that right like why women are paid less why minorities are paid less because there's this bias in the in people that hire people like oh this person's black oh this person's a woman i can pay them less there's this effed up either conscious or subconscious thing that happens in people that hire other people mm -hmm. when when's the time that we're going to take over fucking woodstock was a long time ago i wasn't even born yet you know we're going to rise up against these old people there's the old people are the old white people are still in in, in charge. I'm a white yep. person. I'm yelling at myself. Well, the problem <laughs> the problem is, and I don't think this has truly been investigated yet in higher education, is that the problem that you have is tenure. The tenure system has allowed for this. I'm not going to call it systemic white supremacy because it's not that. But no, it is not white supremacy. It's, not, it's, I'm gonna it's, say, yeah, let's let's not put that word on because no. that means something else. I, that, it means completely something else. I do think it's it, it it tenure has created a systemic system of yes. allowing, you know, uh, you know, white. I don't want to. I don't want to say educators white either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it I'm has it has another word. It has preserved a system that keeps you know authority bad figures. educators, uh, authority bad authority figures. figures, bad educators in power in power positions. Until they until they decide they don't want to be there anymore. Um, no joke. I used to work in a public university system in New York. I was part of the city mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. They don't have tenure, but they have a thing called permanency. So after six years, you can get what's called permanency, where you literally cannot be fired. I had a guy in my department. His I don't, I'll just say his first name. His, you know, no one's going to care. His name is John. And John had been at that school for at least 20 years, but was so bad they couldn't fire him. So they just kept transferring him from department to department, like every five years. And he literally, we shared an office. He literally would come in in the morning, sit down at his desk and read the paper till 11 o'clock when he would then go for a two hour walk for his lunch break. He might, he might've done two hours of work in the entire day and he, he you could not fire him. So that's the problem with tenure in this country is where, when you've got these, these professors, um, who are doing terrible things in the classroom that are not engaged, they're, they're unwilling to learn, they're unwilling to evolve, you can't get rid of them, either because of tenure with private universities or the unions with public universities. And so that's that's the problem. So any, you know, I've, which is why I advise high school students, go to schools that don't have either. Like if you want to get the best education, 
go to schools yep. that don't offer tenure to their professors and aren't they're not unionized because you will get professors that are there to work because they have to to keep their jobs or they so, or they love it or they just yes. love it yeah yes. right yeah so and, dude and speaking of suny like i went back to college and i've told you this before at um onondaga community college just to get my second degree like my and i love that school it's a beautiful school it's like, and at the time, it's probably more now, but it was like five grand for two years. It was nothing. Mm. It was nothing. It, I mean, when my kids like, I'm going to go to college. I'm like, listen, bro, <laughs> you're not going to private college all four. You're going to this one for two, and then you're doing wherever you want to go after this. I mean, yep. if you're not if you're not thinking that way in like 2021, I mean, get out of my face. So, but those professors were like me at the time. I was 25. They're probably 30. And they work their asses off, Chris. I, yep. I, I love that sentiment. I, I just love it. And I don't know when anything uh, – listen, I, this is like when this podcast in my life transfer over to, to different things. I I was just talking today about my job, right? And I have my hand in the policy and procedure book at my business, right? I'm just going to say my business. And I just said this to my people, like every time that I dig into that policy and procedure book, whether it be like time off or um, bereavement time or whatever, you know, whatever awful thing I have to think of, you know, business talk, adult shit that I have to put up with and write in that policy. I think of every awful job I had when I was a kid, when I was a dishwasher at Friendly's in Meriden, Connecticut and all those things. And how I'll I don't want to treat someone like that. And I don't want to be treated like that ever again. And I feel like the whole system needs to be revamped because the people that are in charge don't think like that. And I don't know about you, Chris, but um, I, I don't know. If I have a job, I'm going to work my ass off. Mm -hmm. Like whether mm -hmm. it be theater, whether it be in the mental health field, whatever it is. Like if you hire me, bro, this is my resume. If anyone's listening, if they're hiring just rock and roll. But <laughs> um, I'm, I don't care if a toilet needs to be flushed. I don't care if someone needs to be counseled or driven to rehab. I'm your guy. Yes, boss. Get yeah. me in the van. Give me a plunger. I don't give a shit because you got me for eight hours today. You know what I mean? Like pay me whatever you want because if I enjoy the work and I feel like I'm being treated fair today, you got me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I'm your man. And, and these people that just take advantage of the system ruin it for the rest of us. It's yeah. like these – I'm going to put it out there, Chris, these anti-vaxxers that are just ruining this world for us mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. country. You know what I mean? The rest of the countries are on point. It's like, oh, it's just locked down for two weeks. We're all good. And it's like then, you know, spring breakers are just not taking vaccines and drinking their A's off. I don't know, dude. It's just, dude, great story. But I don't, I don't want to be – I just got political. But I don't want to be political in this story because – I feel bad for those kids. I'm with you. I'm, I feel bad for those kids at the University of Utah. That's mm -hmm. awful. It's really yep. awful. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for me. What else you got, my friend? All right. To wrap us up, let's just – we haven't talked about sports in a while. Okay? No. Okay. Uh, baseball season starts on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. Full season, bro. Love I got it. my fan – do you do the fantasy baseball, Chris? Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Not for a couple of years. I got to get back into it. You do. I mean, if there's a space available you know. in your league. Uh, I'll join. Okay. All right. Next year. Next year. I will. There you go. Actually, my friend, I don't know if you guys might have missed each other. My friend Vinny from Elmira, Vinny Stoya. I think we missed each other. Yeah. You just missed each other. My guy did a semester abroad in Australia and then never came back. 
<laughs> as many of our friends in, in uh, Elmira did. But my guy um, is a screenwriter out in L.A. now, going back to school for screenwriting, um, taught um, – is it uh, – Chris, I don't know. Uh, he In Taiwan, he I think he taught – they speak Mandarin in Taiwan or – is there, is there such a thing as Taiwanese? I don't. I have no I idea. I think there is Taiwanese. Yeah, Taiwanese. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did Taiwanese to English out in Taiwan. Oh, good for um, him. For awesome. this whole time, so he knows how like multiple languages. Smart kid. Um, did that for years. Came back, saw his mom in Boston, and then did a, did a road trip out to L.A. Stopped here in Central New York to say hi. I hadn't seen him in like twenty years. This was like two years ago. It was awesome. Screenwriter out there. I'm in constant contact. Just awesome. Um, anyway, got me into the baseball, a giant Red Sox fan. So giant nice. Sox, we got to have one on the podcast. I've actually done that. So, um, I'll get you in bro. No, there you is. know, long story short, I'll, I'll get you in the, uh, but, uh, the story I want to talk about, Chris, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Ex Red Sox pitcher says he's leaving the Boston area. I just need to read you this quote, Chris. Um, this is the man that bankrupted Rhode Island, I believe with yep. a shitty video game. Like literally, I, I'm not being ex- exaggerating with that. Uh, let's see here. I got quotes. Um, outside our circle of friends. Oh yeah, outside our circle of friends, it hasn't been a real pleasant experience. Um, da, 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 da. and he said something. I can't find the quote right here, but it said something. I want to go down to Florida where people will. Oh wait. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Here it is. The former Red Sox pitcher who has lived in Massachusetts for years said in an interview that he's moving to Tennessee. Oh, Jesus. Where the people are nice. Chris, mm-hmm. I sent this to all my Red Sox buddies, except for you, because I wanted your live opinion about this. What are your mixed thoughts about this, bro? The bloody sock saying this. Go ahead. <sighs> I. I folks don't understand yeah like ben let's go back to 2004 it's okay. it's no it's late october early november or I'm living you know, in right syracuse August. i'm there i'm right there, there in yeah. syracuse i'm at home yeah um we just watch we just watched the red sox beat the yankees to go to the world series um and in the previous game we watched probably the gutsiest pitching performance i've ever seen in my lifetime People don't understand how renowned and revered Schilling was after that. For years after that, it was like if I went to South Boston or if I went to Fenway or if I went to, you know, Peabody (laughs) and spoke badly about Kurt Schilling, I wouldn't make it out of that town alive. Like you don't talk bad. You're getting your ass kicked by uh, freaking uh, Goodwill Hunting and his crew. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is it is remarkable to watch how far he has fallen in grace. And by the way, I don't believe for a second his shtick of being this massive conservative, you know, Trump supporting guy. I think this is what you see from a lot of these quote unquote celebrities who literally burn every bridge that they possibly burn every bridge of legitimacy they possibly can and have to resort to pandering to the hard right i.e. Scott Baio and Anthony Sabato Jr. and all these other people, you know, uh, to, to make a living, to make a livelihood. 
And it's sad. Who the VOD guys. <laughs> yes. It's sad. It's it it's definitely what's holding him back from the Hall of Fame. Like mm-hmm. Critchell is a Hall of Famer, period. Like his mm-hmm. career, he's a Hall of Fame pitcher. He's one of the best pitchers of his generation. He's up there with he's up there with like Greg Maddox and the, yes. the big unit. I, big I would unit. put them in the same same class as same stats. Roger Clemens, yeah. like you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Same He's stats, same um, important games. Definitely important games because, like, if we're gonna go Hall of Fame, you're gonna, you know, because they've talked about Poppy and like and uh, other stuff, but it's like, oh, his stats aren't there. But it's like the clutch hitting, like, the, I mean, goddamn, you know, what I mean, the clutch hit. I don't care. Yeah. It, when that fastball is coming at you at 99, and Moriano Rivera is coming at you, you uh, nine nine point nine nine times out of ten, you're gonna strike out. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Important games are there with Kurt Schilling, and then yeah, go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, this 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 attitude that he's developed, this reputation he's developed, the fact that he's trying to become this beacon for the the you know radical right, it's it's cost him the Hall of Fame. It's, you know, to this point where it's like, you know, I, I just, I, you know, it's like good riddance. I don't care. Like go to Tennessee, have fun. It's, it's an awful state. Uh, it's like really Nashville is. is nice, I guess. But like when, when your entire state sucks instead of it, 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 but, it but just one city within your state, like that's not good. Like New York has a lot to offer. Massachusetts has a lot to offer. Even Connecticut has a lot to offer. Kentucky. I went to Kentucky. Love that state. I, I love Kentucky. Georgia. Georgia. I mean, Georgia. Florida. Um, Miss, even yeah. Mississippi. I'll, if he said, "Wow, you Mississippi," you want Mississippi? If he says, "I'm gonna go," to, I'm gonna move to Mississippi. I'd be like, "All right, you, you could probably find some good stuff there." Hmm. But not. But unless you're living in Knoxville, Tennessee, um, or just Nashville, Tennessee. There is nothing outside that city for you. So I've been to that state multiple times. And I've wanted the second I touch down, I want to leave. So good riddance. Go. I, I, I was actually shocked that he was still living in the area when you said that he was. I know. I was this like, came oh. out. This article is a week ago. I mean, this happened like last week or something. This is a brand new. I said this to my dad. He's like, Jesus. Oh my God. Go. Yeah. Go, go. Kurt Schilling. That's, yeah. that's fine. Thank you for your contributions in 2004. Um, Arizona, Arizona, thanks you for 2001. You didn't really do much with the Phillies. Great, good. So, so I mean, we talked a lot about art and the artists, like separating those things, you know, because artists that we know, like, like a Roman Polanski or whatever, you know, have done awful things, but you're like Rosemary's baby, like a motherfucker. You're like, you're just like. Can you do that same separation with sports and and the the athlete, Chris, or is it harder? Is it harder than the art and the artists? I think it's harder when you talk about the Hall of Fame. I think yeah. if there was yeah. if there was no Hall of Fame, or if it was voted by different entities, then I think you've got a completely different situation. But like, well, oh, that'd be interesting, dude. Did we just come up with something? Like, imagine that there was an art hall of fame, and oh there's like God. a theater hall of fame, like Picasso. Oh, there, Let's do this. There Picasso. technically is a theater hall First of fame. Ballot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like an art, art hall. Who is be? Who would be on your art hall of fame? First ballot art. art um. Oh. So, Picasso. Right, would you do the? Would you do the? Uh, the Ninja, Ninja Turtles? Would you do like? <laughs> would you do Leonardo, <laughs> Da Vinci? Yes. I guess that's the inaugural class, right? The, the right. Renaissance painters, <laughs> right. you know, Donatello, Splinter, uh, you know, Michelangelo. 
And then you're going like, you know, the absinthe, you know, uh, Van Gogh. That's second year ballot. Like second, go, I mean, yeah, Monet, Monet, both now of them. Who's, who's writing these? In? Like Banksy? Who's who are the voters? <laughs> I guess our critics, our journalists, um, like like are, just like the baseball writers. Anymore? My is mom. <laughs> The art teacher from Rocky members, Hill, Connecticut. Members of MoMA, I guess. If you have a membership to the museum, you get a vote. <laughs> You're in. I've been to MoMA. Do I get a vote? I've to been be there. Can I vote? You, you know, like the suggestion box, you put that right in. <laughs> oh, my God. No joke, by the way. Um, not to go off too, on, too far on a tangent. but No, I no, we haven't gone on a big tangent. <laughs> I, joined, I joined a MoMA for like a year. Because they were doing this special exhibit on Tim Burton, like early sketch work. So they took all of his sketchbooks when he was a teenager and kid and put it in the museum. And so you get yeah. these early sketches like Beetlejuice and some of his other characters. It was really cool. Really That's cool exhibit. Uh, and then I immediately like canceled my membership. I think I canceled it as I was leaving the museum that day. Because only members could get tickets to that exhibit. That's how in demand it was. So I joined just for that, canceled it immediately. But um, yeah, maybe. So probably members of, of that, you know. You buy a membership to the museum, you get a vote. There you go. Yeah, you know what? Like, you know which one I love is um, we actually went to Mass Mocha, M O C A in uh, the Berkshires above in North Adams. I went there with my parents and stuff, and it's modern, you know, modern museum of art. Um, high recommendation for that. Nice. That is a cool space. It's an old paper mill. They can Ooh, okay. it. so big space. Kind of reminds me of like the stuff that we would see in the art gallery in Elmira. You know what I mean? Like very nice. experimental stuff. Nice. Um, uh, the lesson just... here, folks, is go to museums when they're back open. Uh, can't <laughs> wait, bro. Can't wait. But um, I'm going to think about the uh, first ballot Hall of Fame, Artist <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> I got to think about like where it's going to be held. You know, like the Louvre. The Louvre. Yeah, the, the Louvre. The Louvre. Yeah, probably. And then what's the um, what's the Hall of Fame weekend game look like? Like, what do we play? It's kind of like the philosopher's soccer match in Monty Python. Well, no, it's 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 like a bachelor party painting class. Like they all have to paint the same. They have oh, to all a paint and sip. A paint sip, and it's all these guys in togas and like long beards. I like that. And you get and you get all these different interpretations of a vase with flowers. Like, <laughs> Like one guy, one guy just like Jackson Pollock just does his thing. It's like, where's the vase? Where's the flower? Look, it's my interpretation of it. Yeah, Pollock might be smart. Give him a bottle. He might punch you in the face. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> he might make a masterpiece tonight or he might punch you in the face, but watch out. Um, just let him do his thing. Like Banksy, Banksy will be outside doing it on I the mean, wall. Like, you know, it's like. I mean, you want someone like that in the pocket. I mean, I'm not standing in the pocket on third, so I'm going to put Jackson Pollock up in third. <laughs> no, they're going to actually play a baseball game, Chris. They're, these guys are actually going to play baseball. Game. No, they're not just going to paint. I'm going to give them a glove, and <laughs> they're going to stand there. Uh, Pollock on third. Um, I'm going to say <laughs> you want someone with uh, uh, Da Vinci at catcher. You want someone with a brain at catcher. You know, yeah, you know, thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean, Leonardo. He did like a lot of inventions and stuff. You want to do that? Um, who's who's the arm, Chris? Who's going to be your thrower? Ooh, you know what? I want someone big, sexy. Pablo Picasso, big, Pablo sexy. Pablo. Come, yeah, oh, Picasso, his bald little head, little guy. But I, I'm going to think <laughs> sidearm. I think he was a sidearm painter. I'm going to ask my mom. So, but <laughs> <laughs> who's who? Who on the team is like the eccentric? 
guy because I mean, you, you oh. gotta throw. Oh, right field, right field, right field. Andy, Warhol. Andy, Andy Warhol. Warhol. I was about to say, Andy Warhol. <laughs> oh, and like the ball hits his feet. He's like, oh, that's so typical of that ball. Just, he takes a picture of it before he throws it back in. Right. I'm going to take a picture of this ball and then times it by nine and then make some art. <laughs> <laughs> We're on to something, Chris. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, all right, that's enough. That's all I got, Chris. That's all I got this week. All right, let's uh, go YouTube. Listen, do, you hear, do you hear my brain? It's mush because of this Justice League. Let's go yeah. YouTube. Let's get. Let's go YouTube. Let's let's bring it back. Uh, listen, I've I I got one thing on YouTube, which technically isn't even YouTube. It's actually Netflix, but um, it's it's one of the ultimate things I've ever seen on Netflix. It's called the, it's a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. Ben, have you seen this yet? I have not. I've been waiting. Oh my to god! This. So I, I everyone has told me that like. I have multiple people text me like say Ben, this movie is for you. It's awesome. It's yeah. it's fantastic. They go back in time. They talk about the creation of the video store period, and talk about how like Blockbuster killed that industry, and then how Blockbuster was killed itself. And the fact that Netflix is airing this thing is a level of shade that I hope to. <laughs> like... Yeah, we destroyed your business, but here we go. <laughs> we can air a documentary <laughs> about how about we the killed you. <laughs> It's like Ted Bundy airing a documentary about what is victim. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 just a level of shade that I hope to uh, like I hope to afford to do someday. Um, but it does it does center in on um, the last the literally the last blockbuster store in the entire world, uh, which is in Bend, Oregon, uh, of all places. It looks like what you would imagine a small town in Oregon looking like. Uh, but ironically, I've actually heard of Bend, Oregon for a completely different reason. And they actually have a thriving local community theater scene up there. There's like eight community theaters in this like one town in Oregon. Uh, and they had, a, they had some controversy a couple of years ago with a whitewashing situation, which is, which is how I heard of it. But um, I definitely recommend it. High recommendations. If you loved going to the video store as much as Ben and I did when we were kids uh, and teenagers and college students, um, like you yeah. will appreciate this this documentary on every level. So high recommendation. Right. Maybe next uh, pod we'll do a full review. I like there it that. is. Good stuff. There it is. Um, so Chris, for my YouTube, and I have some music recommendations. So Chris, Ooh. we've been hanging out with the neighbors. We have a we have a uh, pandemic. Uh, what do you call it? Like a little uh, like a little pod, like a little mm -hmm. kind of like pod that we, we you know the neighbors and stuff. We're just hanging out with like four people. But one of our favorite things to do is get in the man cave. And uh, we have a Google Cast. We cast up the YouTube from each Ooh, other okay. phone. So I don't know if you do. You have a Google Cast at your house? Uh yes, yep. So I don't know if you know this, but everyone can connect to it on their uh, mobile device. So let's Ooh. say you have four people in your basement. They all can, can can connect. Then you can add to the YouTube queue. It's almost like a jukebox. So you can just and it Ooh. doesn't disrupt the other person's queue. You just say next. So you just go boom, boom. So let's say I'm like, all right, let's do best 90s videos of all time. And I do like Under the Bridge. And then you do Blind Melon. And then the next person does this. It doesn't cancel out the person. It starts the queue. It's it's my favorite thing. Yeah, it's – dude, next time you have people over, it's my favorite thing in the world. And everyone – it's like funny when, like, when people get like a little too tipsy and they start adding like multiple songs. You're like, bro, you just skipped me like three times. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, so <laughs> – my recommendation is music and I need everyone to listen to this because you want to dig through YouTube and all the 
awesome performances on here. I actually have um, Devo, Beautiful World, which is one of my favorite songs. Black Sabbath, Fairies Wear Boots, Live in Paris. Chris, you need to watch this one. Mm -hmm. Wait till Mm -hmm. you see Young Ozzy. I think he's 21 in this video. And you'll realize why they invented metal. You'll be like, so Black Sabbath, Fairies, Fairies Wear Boots, live in Paris, 1970. Six minutes, 52 seconds. When you see this guy, you'll be like, you'll see why. Like, we all know Ozzy as the decrepit old guy from his reality show. Right. Um, and so we've gone down the rabbit hole with this. And then um, the uh, the song I really want to bring up is Yes, Darling, I'm Every Better Man. It's a mm. folk duo. There's when you go down the rabbit hole with people, you just start liking songs on your YouTube and it's so much fun. I hope everyone gets into this. I hope this is the new 2021, like kind of like resurgence. And then Chris, I have my center channel out on the back patio so we can do this outdoors with a fire going so much fun. Chris, everyone out there, get YouTube and start casting music. That's my recommendation for the week. Love it. Love it. Good stuff, man. As always, Uh, folks, that's going to do it for us this week on Definitely seeking your team. And I hope you made it all the way through. I hope you did not watch Justice League while we were yeah. talking. Um, so yeah, I hope listen, you still- Chris, Chris, it's an hour 22. So we would still have three hours and 10 minutes to go in Justice League. So. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to go back. Uh- <laughs> so you can find this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com and also Spotify. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can get podcasts, we are on there. Uh, Ben, my man, thank you so much as always. You're the man, bro. All right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.